What are the risks to an organization when an executive or other key staffer falsifies resume credentials? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Lester Rosen. He's an attorney and founder of Employment Screening Resources, a firm that specializes in background credential screening. Les, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Tom. So, Les, the big story in the news is that Yahoo's CEO has had to step down after the embarrassment of the revelation that his resume credentials have been falsified. Uh, how common is this? Well, uh, unfortunately, it's all too, too common. There are, are studies and surveys showing that when employers receive applications that up to 40 percent or even more uh, go beyond the boundaries of merely putting yourself in the best light or putting your best foot forward beyond just puffery and cross the bounds into the realm of fiction, people making things up. And we see that people will uh, tell lies about real schools or 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 tell the truth about uh, fake schools. <laughs> you see both. You see that people have gone to schools and, and, and did not graduate or don't have the degree they claimed, or uh, they'll claim uh, degrees, worthless degrees from diploma mills. And so it's uh, in this age, particularly with the recession, People trying to get ahead, uh, it's, it's fairly widespread, and, and surprisingly, um, it's also something that can occur in the C-level area of, of a firm as well, of people with a C in their title. Uh, there might be an assumption that it's just the uh, workers, uh, that uh, administrative-type workers or others, but it's even more dangerous when someone at the top fakes the degree, as we found in this case, where documents were apparently filed with the SEC that were uh, challenged. So it's a big problem across the board. Well, that was my point, is we've got a very public company and a very public situation and embarrassment here. What do you see as the message to all types of organizations from what we're seeing unfold with Yahoo? Well, the big message is going back to the basic rule of business, which is don't assume. Uh, or, to put it another way, to borrow a phrase from the 1980s, trust but verify. Uh, in this particular case, we had uh, an allegations of a person who apparently, for whatever reason, uh, uh, chose to mischaracterize the nature of the degree early in their career. Uh, and, and once that line is crossed and a person moves up the career path, uh, uh, it goes from job to job, there's news accounts, uh, there's person's resume is out there, they may be interviewed in the media. Uh, it, it's hard to go back, it's hard to change that and uh, uh, correct it so that the truthful matter is out there. So, so there, the organizations cannot simply assume that when they hire, particularly at the executive or C-level, uh, that everything is uh, above board and the way it should be. And the, and the real uh, issue here, which is a real perplexing issue, is that for less than the cost of a glass of wine, a background firm could have called the school in the ordinary course of the selection process and gotten the truth out, reported back, and then none of this would have ever happened. And the point to be made here, Les, is that in a case of background screening, we aren't talking about someone that might s simply fudge an item on their resume, but if you don't screen properly, you're introducing significant potential risk to your organization. Well, exactly, and particularly for firms that are publicly uh, traded or publicly regulated, a firm that falls under Sarbanes-Oxley, a firm that has an investment from uh, third parties where there's fiduciary obligations, uh, absolutely, uh, by hiring someone with a false credential, that's a misrepresentation, that's a form of deception, uh, there is some literature now out there that suggests if a person lies uh, in order to get a job, 
that there's a, a much higher probability they will lie once they are in the job. So you know, the bottom line is that hiring someone who's honest is mission critical for any organization. That's one barrier a firm can't get around. You cannot have dishonest people. And, and quite frankly, uh, verifying a resume in this day and age is not a hard thing to do. Well, that was my question, because it seems like in this day and age, as you say, we've got electronic checks and balances. We've got greater awareness of the need for background screening and more firms doing this. How can a situation like this even occur? Well, it, it can occur only because a, a culture where an organization might believe that someone that they're hiring uh, in an uh, executive capacity, well, they just wouldn't do that sort of thing, that uh, they have this long career, they were successful from various jobs, uh, it, it must be real. And so it goes back again to just exercising basic due diligence and uh, taking care of business. The, the problem with the electronic age is that it's both a good and bad in the sense that on one hand, yes, the data is available if one will go and access it. And background firms have all sorts of resources to access data from schools and there are databases that background firms can access of schools that are known to be diploma mills. On the other hand, with electronic age, with Web 2.0, it's easier to perpetuate a lie. Uh, for example, one can go to a business connection site such as LinkedIn, go to the advanced search feature, and you can search under school. You could find the name of a fake school, and there's you know at least 10,000 fake schools in the world. You can find them on, on the Internet. Put in one of these uh, fake schools. California, unfortunately, leaves the nation of these fake schools. And you would be shocked and surprised at the number of people who are putting out on the Internet as part of their own resume or qualifications a, a degree from a school that is totally worthless, a degree that you can buy just with a credit card, a printer, and a computer. And they're making that public knowledge. And it would also be shocking that you'll see that some of these people work for firms that are household names. So it's very prevalent. And with the, the new electronic age, it's both easy to tell the lie but at the same time, it's also much easier for a professional to detect it, uh, assuming that a, a firm is, is focused on the idea that, well, you can't believe everything someone tells you. How do organizations protect themselves from falsified credentials, Les? Well, it's complicated. And it's complicated for a couple reasons because the, there are abilities out there for organizations to, um, uh, to be fooled. Uh, for example, there is a website that got some publicity last year where a, they provide a service so that if a person wants to buttress up their application and, and their career history, they can go onto the Internet, they can create a fake company, and what this company apparently will do, this web service will apparently create a very professional-looking web page with about five pages. They'll also provide an 800 number to call. And you can recreate yourself as anything you want. You can create a company, create a title, create job responsibilities. Uh, same thing with schools. As I mentioned, it's very easy now to, to get a fake degree from a real school or a real degree from a fake school. So companies need to understand that these resources and abilities are out there, and there are people, during, particularly during harder economic times, who are willing to use them. And so it just goes back to basics. Uh, it goes back to just fund the fundamentals of uh, employment background checking. Either a third party can do it or an employer can do it in-house. Uh, for employment, the important thing is to ensure when verifying past employment that the employer actually exists. 
and not to take the applicant's word that the company even exists or not to take the applicant's word for the phone number. We, we a background firm, will we'll establish those independently of anything the applicant tells you in order to cut the possible th- of fraud that may go on. Uh, in terms of schools, there are plenty of resources on the Internet. Uh, the U.S. Department of Education, for example, will have a list of all schools that it considers accredited uh, for purposes of federal financial aid. And so the, an employer really has no excuse uh, to be taken in by this. Uh, so there's, there's tools out there and there's procedures. And also as part of the hiring process itself, if applicants are told that a background check will be performed and they're on notice and they're asked to have any concerns about that, well, there are some applicants who will uh, uh, at that time decide either not to apply or to uh, tell the truth. So there's certainly a number of things that employers can do. There's Employers are by no means a sitting duck unless they choose not to do anything. Boy, it sounds like an episode of Seinfeld. You really can be George Costanza inventing Vandalay Industries. You certainly can. Very easy to do. Well, there's some areas I want to ask you about that are beyond sort of standard background screening when someone is hired. We talked about these in some of our private conversations. Continual screening is one topic. What are the benefits and some of the methodologies of revisiting background screening on employees after you've hired them? Well, organizations that are concerned about hiring the best employees who want to make sure they're hiring people that are fit for the job, that aren't dangerous, that are qualified, that have told the truth, We'll certainly utilize best practices, including a background check, uh, when a person comes in the front door, so it's screening at the front door. Now you have a person in the job, and they can be there for whatever period of time, and the question is, well, has anything changed that might cause that person to go off course that may have changed their ethical rudder? And some firms have thought of doing continual screening or infinity screening, uh, the jury is still out on that. Uh, it may also depend on the position, and it depends on how it's done. So if continual screening is done by uh, reference to uh, uh, using databases to do criminal checks, well, we all know in the background industry that, that the criminal databases are full of holes, uh, depending upon what state you're in, uh, and it's not really a workable solution. Um, some people have proposed doing credit checks. After all, embezzlement, for example, is a crime of motive, opportunity, and means. If a person's financial situation changed, a credit report might reveal that. Credit reports, however, have been under review by uh, state legislatures. At least seven states have now passed laws. More states are considering laws to restrict the use of credit reports. So uh, it's unclear and uncertain what tools can be used. The good news for employers is that once a person is working for you, um, you have two things going for you. Number one, if they don't show up for work for a period of time, and, of course, an essential function of any job is to go to work, well, then the employer might be on notice that something untoward might be happening and have a chance to take a look at it. And an employer is able to put uh, sufficient controls in place in order to protect themselves financially, even if they are in a state that makes credit reports on an ongoing basis more difficult to do. Uh, the other problem employers have is they need to think out very clearly the policies involved. So if they find that someone has committed a a criminal offense or something has changed, uh, how do you adjudicate that? How do you, what, what are the sort of internal due process opportunities? How do you make sure a person is being treated fairly? So there's a lot to think about in that, on, on this particular front. And as I said, the uh, jury are still, is still out and different companies are approaching in different ways. And uh, one way to do it, for example, may be by analogy the way uh, drivers of drug tests, you, you do a pool 
and you may randomly run full background checks on, on a periodic basis. So there are alternatives, but uh, uh, it's not. Uh, there's no slam dunk, widely accepted solution yet. And of course, in the internet industry, especially, you've got so many organizations for coming together through mergers and acquisitions. How do you screen employees that could come to you through an M&A, or even from a recruiting firm that supposedly is pre-screened for you? Well, and that's a hot issue for a lot of organizations. So, if there's a merger and acquisition, you're now acquiring a workforce, but uh, to the existing company, the acquiring company, these people are strangers. You have no idea who they are. Uh, you don't know anything about them. You don't want to be caught in a Yahoo-type situation where you have someone in a position of prominence or responsibility uh, without the qualifications they claim. And so there's a number of firms that will do background checks on all newly acquired employees. Uh, the tricky business is not the legal aspect. Legally, you can certainly do it. Uh, certainly background firms or your attorney can tell you which I's to dot and T's to cross so all the paperwork is in order. It's more of a cultural issue. So you're acquiring a firm, person now has a new boss, and if the first thing out the gate is a new background check, you may have a workforce that is disgruntled or not happy or a little apprehensive. So it's all in the rollout and the presentation. And we recommend among some of the steps that you take if you're going to do a background check on a newly acquired workforce to uh, educate the workforce why it's happening, why you need to do it, uh, let them know that they'll have plenty of opportunity to be heard. It's not going to be a process where all of a sudden they get a pink slip and then they have no control over it. Uh, with a background check, anyway, you need a consent and authorization disclosure of certain rights. So it, it's all in the way it's rolled out in order to have buy-in from the newly acquired employees because obviously during emergent acquisition, most firms need some of the employees that, that are a part of the acquired firm. So, again, it's more of the cultural rollout. Staffing firms is a bit more tricky, but, again, doable. Uh, there's a lot of employers who will have uh, excellent policies and procedures for due diligence when it comes to their own employees, but yet they'll acquire someone from a temp agency of whom they, have, they know nothing about. And yet that temp has access to the IT, to financials, access to clients. There's a co-employment relationship. It gets complicated. So it requires that the employer and the staffing firm work closely together uh, to come up with a methodology where uh, the employer is assured that they're getting safe, qualified uh, workers coming on board. Final question for you, Les. What do you see as the, the big lesson or lessons from this Yahoo experience that we're watching unfold, and how should organizations put those lessons into practice? Yeah. Uh, the first lesson is, number one, is recognition there's a problem. You can't take things at face value. You can't make any assumptions. Just because there's, you're, you're hiring someone with a great resume uh, does not necessarily mean that the due diligence has been conducted. Keep in mind that when a person uh, tells a story once, they continue to tell the story. They might even believe it after a while. So that's lesson number one, realize that there's a problem. And then lesson number two is do something about it. Uh, you can't just sit there and assume that uh, that a higher-paid person doesn't have the same type of problems that uh, uh, persons at a lower level might have. And and three, review your policies, review your procedures, uh, figure out how you got there, figure out how the mistake happened, uh, what what is being done to make sure that you're hiring the uh, most qualified and best employees uh, and, and employees that are that are honest and absolutely going to uh, make your company a success. Les, as always, great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you, Tom. It's always a pleasure. 
been talking about background screening. I've been talking with Lester Rosen, attorney and founder of Employment Screening Resources. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.